0: Hi, I'm Simon Isaacs, and this is our Anything in Print podcast.
1: Print has got a, such a strong role to play in the marketing mix. The pandemic has removed some of inertia and accelerated that pace of change, and so it's brought more sharply into light how print can be effective. But Actually, what we're there to do is, is help our clients solve business challenges or realise business opportunities. And the more that we can be trusted advisors to them, the more we're able to do that. It's so much more interesting to be able to go and talk to a client about their business and about how we can help them move their business forward rather than just going and trying to sell, say, a 16 page section or a 32 page section. Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with that, but we've got much more we can talk about. Collaborate on things that make sense to collaborate, things like skills development, things like training, things like improving environmental performance. If that and I think that's a really healthy set of affairs. It's about the journey, not the transaction, isn't it? It's about the relationship, it's about the business
0: success, is what we all want to see. Welcome to the first episode of season two of the Rico Anything in Print podcast series. Hope you enjoyed season one, where we share loads of inspiration, insights, and ideas around running a successful print business. In season two, we'll be focusing on the champions of print, highlighting people within the industry who best embody new mindsets and hopefully will inspire you to try something new. We've said it before many times, the shape of the UK printing industry is consistently changing. Although the rate of change and the extent of it is, is often different for different sectors, we are often referred to as the barometer for economic stability, which is a challenge at the moment. but um, it does make it very interesting to people like us who are passionate about this industry. But is it as appealing on the outside? And more questions come to mind when we thought about it, you know, is the evolving landscape easy to navigate for the average print organization? You know, how do they keep things going? What business support is available for those willing to transform and take advantage of these new opportunities? And with print technologies, solutions, demand for printed products changing, competing with digital channels and becoming increasingly complex, how is your business coping? Um, It's such an intriguing topic. Who better to comment on it than the great champions of our print industry, the BPIF? Charles Jarrell, the CEO of the BPIF, kindly agreed to support us again and give you the latest updates on some of his lobbying activities, insights into where he and the BPIF see the biggest challenges and opportunities, and examples of the people who are leading the way. So let's dig in. Hi, Charles. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Simon. Great to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Good stuff. So, should we start with the market trends and some of the opportunities? And initiatives that um, you, you, you're linking to, to the industry, and you know what the latest research is showing about the big bets. Yeah, I mean there are lots of different
1: parts to that question. I mean, in terms of latest research, it's actually it's pretty encouraging given what the industry's come through. And we've leapt from from Brexit, dare I say through to the pandemic, and you know we now got a pretty interesting business environment out there. And um, we're just closing our quarter two, our quarterly survey, our quarter two survey. And uh, I haven't seen the detail on that yet, but I have been told by uh, Kyle, our researcher, that actually it, it's fairly encouraging at, at this stage. So quarter two seems to have come through relatively strongly. We've seen a very strong recovery imprint print uh, post pandemic. And, you know, I would definitely say that the industry has come through that, that uniquely challenging time um, much more strongly, than perhaps it might have done. And I think there are at least two reasons for that. The government support was very helpful. Um, but actually also, we've got this not only massive industry, a you know, 12, 13 billion pound industry, but it's hugely diverse as well. And we may talk about that a little bit later on. It's made up of, of lots of different sectors. And many of those sectors, most of those sectors have been really resilient. And even those that were affected and commercial print itself was affected because so much of its customer base, customer base had to close down. Um, but it's come back quite strongly. so so that's quite encouraging. So so that's sort of short term, um you know that there's been this big challenge around the costing business. in 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 the medium term, um I think what we've seen is is ongoing structural change. And I think we've all heard it before, but the pandemic has accelerated that process. So print has got a such a strong role to play in the marketing mix. But there has been a structural change going on as we've moved away from generic volume print towards more targeted print there has been an inertia in that process and my view and i think our view is that the pandemic has removed some inertia and accelerated that pace of change and so it's brought more sharply into light how print can be effective then alongside that obviously things like packaging uh, have held up very strongly and in fact performed very strongly indeed uh, through the pandemic um so overall I would say it's a mixed picture, but I think actually it's a bit more positive than that. There is a little bit of uncertainty out there and there are a few challenges on the horizon and we can of course talk about those.
0: Yeah, I, yeah some great points. And uh, we, we we all probably order a bit more online than we used to uh, with the pandemic. So we, we can see where 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 the extra um, packaging uh, business is coming from. Um, you mentioned um, the digital within that and personalization. Um, which uh, again, you, you know, we, it, it drives what we're all trying to achieve in the marketplace with with the relevance of of, of, of print, which you, which is fantastic. Um, which, which of these topics do you, would you think are, are drawing or attracting most of your attention and the industry's attention?
1: Well, I think um, you can kind of split it into what we call verticals and and horizontals, and. verticals are sectors within our overall industry Uh, so digital and personalization is a massive area i think you're aware that we're doing stuff around data and cyber and and part of the reason for that is is actually twofold partly that we've been approached by a number of uh, member companies who have either had challenges around data and data security or have heard of major challenges at their competitors and these are sophisticated companies and we feel that that data and personalization and use of client data is is not only vitally important now, but going to be an increasingly important factor for our sector. And we need to make sure that our sector is is really, really good at that. A big part of the future of PRIM is without doubt the ability to integrate print with the multi-channel campaign and to use data. To ensure we get the right bits of print to the right people and the really great news about that is not only is the great data and analytic tools out there but you know technology providers and you know, rico obviously one, but uh, but the technology has moved in the same direction as well and one of the things that's a major challenge and you know as you know i've just come off another round table i've been holding uh just before this one one of the challenges that we've got is how we join up that conversation between those initiators Of the use of print in the marketing communications mix with the print converters with the technology providers because we need to join those conversations up to increase the understanding of of what is possible and what can be done and what the challenges are and what the problems are that people are trying to solve so that's why we're doing the verticals on the horizontals i've talked about cyber that's a challenge but actually also reflects a direction of travel in our industry and of course the other big area Which is both a challenge and opportunity is environmental and we've got a very active environmental group as well which has had a very very high level of interest across the industry and that's incredibly important
0: absolutely i think it's um it brings it back to the purpose of what we did as prince and um it really did add value between the the systems and the information that corporates had and their brand and how they presented it and the people who consume it you know the only way to do that in the past was was really to print it to share the information to onboard customers to pack things to promote a product and now there's 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 different ways data driven ways of doing it which means you're introducing you know opportunity but also threat like cyber if you're opening a digital document now there's 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 the threat of opening a virus when you open that document which of course you didn't have when you were opening an envelope in the past or a a pile of printed reports so it it does open new opportunities uh, and also new challenges how is this affecting the printers how are they coping with this what what advice are they coming to you guys for and and, and what sort of stories are you hearing from the marketplace from I think you know at at the
1: sort of Basic, what I call it, kind of digital hygiene point of view is understanding the simple things that they can do to protect their businesses. And you know, I won't spend too long on it. But but things like cyber essentials, as a government-backed scheme we help with that accreditation. We've got a, 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 a cyber security roadmap. And these are just simple, particularly cyber essentials. Is is a very straightforward government-accredited scheme that that the view is it, it, it prevents about sort of 80 or 90 percent of common challenges, which are just around simple stuff. Uh, around sort of patching software and things like that. So, so that's really important. Uh, in terms of integrating it into a sort of multi-channel approach, that's also that's a massive area of opportunity. And and I think you know we've all seen a lot of companies really thrive in that environment. Understanding that we're not just there to sell print. Print's really really important, but actually what we're there to do is is help our clients solve business challenges or realise business opportunities and the more that we can be trusted advisors to them, the more we're able to do that. So it's it's really understanding and listening carefully to what they're trying to do and in helping them with that challenge, or with that opportunity, with print often as a kind of key part of that mix. And, and the other point I want to pick up is that when you, when you talked about the sort of print versus email arriving, it's a horses for courses thing actually there are times when digital is 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 highly appropriate and the social obviously as well as um as well as kind of email and things like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: but what print is good at it's extremely good at and what it does is signal to a client potentially that we're prepared to invest in sending them something of real value that's going to really engage with them in a way that other channels can't and that's that's the area of opportunity and of effectiveness for print which I think is really encouraging, actually. And I think that's why we haven't seen we've seen our industry change in shape, but actually hasn't changed in size that much because we've seen sort of compensating growth in new and interesting things. And I said Mm -hmm. it make one point and make another one now. I think that's really, really interesting. I think it creates really great entrepreneurial opportunities. It's, It's so much more interesting to be able to go and talk to a client about their business and about how we can help them move their business forward rather than just going and trying to sell, say, a 16-page section or a 32-page section. Not, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but we've got much more we can talk about.
0: Uh, it is great. It's great to see you talking about this as well, because like you, you know, I, I love print. I'm passionate about print. I think people will always, always into the future, um, love tangible, humans will love tangible stuff. When you receive good quality prints, it, it's tactile. It, 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 it's, it's effective, uh, people do value printed uh, products, and, and that will always be the case, there'll always be a, a, a space for it. But, but as you said, there's other mediums, um, there's other pressures, you know, environmental, the, the uh, cost, the cost of paper going up so massively, uh, and, and people do arbitrarily try and cut thing, things out because of cost rather than look at the value of them to their customers and therefore their businesses. to to have that relationship remotely, um, to show, as you've just said, they value their custom by posting them something, sending them something, giving them a tangible project, not just an email. Um, It does present challenges though, I think, for us as an industry, because like selling that 32 pay segment now, you need to demonstrate the value of it. So you need to have a conversation about the, the, the effectiveness of the 32-page section versus the downloaded PDF onto someone's iPad. Um, so I guess some of the printers are coming to you to, to see how they solve some of these business challenges or get inspired with best practices from fellow members. I mean, how does that conversation... Well,
1: I think that's right. And, I think, and you've, you've explained it very well. And I think that every challenge is an opportunity, as the kind of cliche goes. I think... There is a clear opportunity for us to demonstrate the value of print, but I think none of us would deny that that is a challenge. And the challenge is bringing together all the different parts of that kind of supply chain, of that decision-making process, and helping us all understand what we're trying to do and how effective things have been in in solving those issues. Print, for example, it does require a level of investment to be used in a targeted manner, and that requires bringing together the data, the print, the mailing, and and all the parties to that, and then looking at whether it's been effective or not, and our verticals, our books group, our point of sale group, our, our cartons group, our labels group, they're all the primary reason for doing them is to try to initiate those conversations as well as creating really good networks and you know i'm a really strong believer i think mean, you know in collaboration i think that when we collaborate when we create networks we're all human social creatures when we get to know each other better we trust each other more we share data more we share information more and you know our industry is highly competitive but it's actually also a nice supportive place people will help each other up to a point yeah. So, so, those networks, you know, the way I would describe it in my, in my print background is that you know, historically, I know things are much nicer now, but we would kill each other for an order and then we'd go and have lunch together afterwards, which is all very nice.
0: It, it is indeed. It is indeed. I, I, I always remember my um, chief exec coming to one of the industry events with, with us for the first time and looking around saying, But you're sitting with all your competitors, and these guys are all competitors. And it's also Pleasant. You're also yeah. nice. Exactly that. Very supportive. But we will we will compete. And we're good friends. But but actually, we are. You know, we
1: have been. I'm in a different world now, running a trade association. But I've made some. I've still got some very very good friends who were direct fearsome competitors, you know, we really compete. And I think that actually is really healthy. You know, I think it's really healthy. A competitive environment, you know, from a business point of view, sometimes gets a bit frustrating, but it forces us to be on our A game. It forces us to keep thinking hard about the future. Um, but if we can do that in, in a business-like, professional way, and then collaborate on things that make sense to collaborate, things like skills development, things like training, things like improving environmental performance, that, uh, and I think that's a really healthy set of affairs. What I'm pleased about is actually both within the trade association world, we're collaborating much more closely we're across the graphic arts sector, which I think you know a little bit about. But actually also, you know, within you know, particularly things like the envir- our environmental group, headed by Anthony Rowlett Trade Prince, I will just name check him because he's done a great job uh, leading that group. But it, we've got a really high level of engagement in that group from organizations that are all in different places on that environmental journey and often real competitors. So often they're, you know, they're a little concerned sometimes. Are, are they giving up competitive advantage by sharing best practice? And actually, you know, the increasing and growing view is no, this is something we need to do as a sector. It's something that is a common good for the sector. And that group helps facilitate those relationships and that sharing. And actually also with the tools we've got help people on that journey. So you've got those two things. You've got that fierce competitiveness, which is good and which is important. But actually, that doesn't mean we can't work collaboratively in other areas, and we are increasingly so.
0: Yeah, I think it um, it adds to it adds to the power of what we do if we're collectively talking about the value in the right way, rather than the commodity, um, and and that that value is how do you measure the impact of and the power of what we do as a print industry compared with just simply digitizing things and and as long as as long as we collaborate around how we do that how we run our businesses collectively um, not just what we sell but but the, the way we do it the way we modernize the way we you know are very results driven for our end customers who generate the the requirements for print whether it's you know, retail, finance, verticals, education, you know, manufacturing, um, it, it does help us then move the whole industry forward
1: collectively. Well, I think that's right. I've, I've got a really good example that actually based on, on the call I came off just before this call, I, we've got to make sure that the perception of, the, of the, the external perception of our industry reflects the reality of what our entry is, which is this not only huge, but really varied, really diverse, really creative, really well invested, really training focused, really high skills industry, that reality isn't always the perception that people have. And I think, you know, we've got to continue to work away at getting that reality across. And the roundtable that that actually we were leading with our creative and digital group earlier, which actually we talking to Dayfold, who happened to be based down south near where I live. But but actually what we're looking at trying to do there is trying to make sure that the creative side of print is at the front of people's minds. So that people think about what we can do creatively within our industry to help solve marketeers' problems, to help creatives' problems, and that you know the technology and the productivity and the automation is all vitally important, but we've got to make sure that that, doesn't excessively dominate it's not just about the kid
0: it's about much more than that obviously obviously and i think we often forget that um, as a print industry we're often at the end of several different processes and and it could be for for for, you know a financial services organization uh, or or a manufacturer where they collaborate with their provider uh, of the print and output Um, that that um, consultative approach, you're talking about the, the brand identity, how you want to market, some of your other online campaigns or, or, or other media campaigns, you're talking about data from multiple sources. And that all comes together in into that printed yeah. piece, that 32 page section, whatever it might be. And we're very good at it as an industry. The tools are modernizing. Um, the ways that we do it, the things you need to underpin, like good cyber security, which is you know what one of the big areas that we've had to focus on with our customers to run their businesses, the integration with CRM or ERP systems needs to be slicken out to pour more data in share. But the, the, the way that we think as an industry, the innovation that we put to bring these bits together to get the message across, um, it is definitely there in abundance. I think it's just how then we.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting
0: because there's that sort of confidence thing
1: of, if a big part, not the only really part, if a big part of our industry is is about using data and targeting better. You know, at the very basic level, we've got to make sure our industry has this strong reputation, as you know what you can trust a printer or you can trust a printer if if they've got this level of accreditation with your client data. You know, we've got to be that trusted partner. Um, what you talked about there about those different parties to coming together, that's sort of collaboration and an education piece. I think that's really important. Uh, and then beyond that, also, it, we've got some really interesting initiatives going on around training and development. Um, we've got a project going on at the moment around design for print, which is engaging with design culture. How do we educate designers and creatives to know? All the different ways that they might be able to use print, and not just the nuts and bolts of the design, but but actually also facilitating visits to really creative organisations, creative printers, creative agencies, just just trying to facilitate all of that. And, and the design for print, quite early days, but we're looking at uh, creating some modules that will be bolt ons to design courses. Hopefully at some point we can get them onto the curriculum, but that's a longer journey just to help those designers understand. And get interested in what we can do as a sector because otherwise they're often it's not on their curriculum and they're then coming in to to deliver design and deliver print programs and they've got a lot to learn
0: yeah yeah it, even if it's on their sometimes on their agenda we paid an agency to do a piece of work for us which we published the champions of print work which um we, we put uh, on on the internet to really show the art and, and the power of what we do um uh, as, a, as a video piece and the agency, um, great agency, young talents, um, hadn't even thought about how they incorporate print and advise their clients how to incorporate prints. And, and now they've completely changed to the point where they're publishing a magazine. Yeah, no, I mean it's just it's just brilliant, isn't it? I think, I think that's that's what's
1: important. We, we've got to get that seed of a thought into people's minds. And actually, you talk about magazine. I, I subscribe. It is a fishing magazine, but there's there's a magazine called Fly Culture which I. Will mention it in that. Again, it sort of fits that model of where print works brilliantly. It's the whole model of magazine publishing has changed. It's subscriber only. It's really high end production values. There's no way you could do that uh, in in the online world. And the the entrepreneur behind that was told he was constantly uh, swimming against the uh, current, to use another fishing analogy but but it's you know it's been a massive success because it's 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 really high production values it's really great content it's amazing photography and it's a great example of where print works really well and actually that's reflected across to another sector which is the book sector and why the book sector has been so successful because the e-readers are all great i absolutely you know it, it's about using the right tone for the right method it's about not saying x is intrinsically better than y it's about saying x is better than y in certain contexts Reading long form content is definitely a better experience in a book, and I love reading and I love books,
0: but I also love technology. <laughs> me too, me too. And, and as you say, it's horses, awesome. of course. Um, the magazines that I read, different hobbies, but um, similar sort of you know, photography and and content. I, I I subscribe to all these digital platforms. I've got too many of them, but I don't, I didn't use Apple news and I didn't use the online content for the magazines because I like the tangible products. I will always buy and consume the magazines. Um, and, and yeah, I'm a subscriber to several of them for the sports I do. And they, they, they're a great product. It's
1: just a lovely way to just kick back and relax, isn't it? And uh, you don't get caught in that horrible doom scrolling
0: thing either. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. It did occur to us when we were talking to some of our customers about these challenges around integrating technology. Uh, For some reason, we treated our corporate customers uh, and and our government customers slightly differently to the way we treated our commercial print customers. And for most of our corporate customers, we sold them the technology that enabled them to move data through organisations rather than, you know, just just print it on an MFP, Uh, automate workflows, HR processes, uh, accounts receivable processes, have electronic data interchanges between systems that they value, their EDP systems, uh, their CRM systems, their ERP systems, Um, and and, and look at how they secure their documentation when they open it. So if they accidentally open a virus, PDF or something, the system closes them down really quickly. Uh, Whereas with printers and commercial printers that were digitizing, we sent, we tended to talk to them about the manufacturing process they were going through to produce that product. So we'd look and talk to them about MIS systems, um, we talked to them about production workflow systems, print management sort of systems and printers and technology. Um, And it occurred to us actually, that's daft. These these SMB businesses, often between a, you know a, a few hundred thousand or a few million pounds a year turnover to hundreds of millions, have got all of these corporate challenges, and they need exactly the same HR, CRM systems, ERP systems to be digitised, so they can then understand and take their customers on the same digital journey. So you know when when digital is better, help them with that. When yeah. print- better help them with that. So we've changed our approach slightly as well, and I think it was following conversations with the BPIF um, and members to say, you know, we are, we, we we need to understand all this, we are, we're operating in this world, we have all the same challenges, and it was just, it was just funny how we, we treated people as if we are a manufacturing supplier to printers. Yeah, an infrastructure or or, or document management supplier to to our corporate customers. It was a, an unusual. Well, I think I think that
1: too, because I think you know how that generic challenge and opportunity maps across to to print generally. You know, it, well, it does map across exactly, because I, I think that, that we are in this changing environment. The world obviously is changing but it, but it's it's to change. Our industry is highly adaptable, and it's it's being clear about what one wants to do and where one's trying to go, whilst sort of paradoxically also keeping an open mind about what's going out on out there and really listening and engaging as widely as possible and continuing to see. Now, I'm sure, at uh, uh, Rico, you do it all the time. I know we certainly do it all the time. We're always thinking about where our industry is going, how we develop as an organisation, how we help the sector develop. And, and actually, you know, I know going back to when I was the other side of the fence, I think by spending lots of time with customers, spending time with competitors, spending time with suppliers, looking at other sectors and trying to be really honest about looking at the future as it's likely to be, rather than necessarily as you want it to be, can lead you to think sometimes uncomfortable thoughts, but really important thoughts about how one develops the organisation. And, you know, I know what we're trying to do now, but if I go back actually seven or eight years to to the last print organisation, you know, we we could see what we felt were the challenges coming down the track and we felt that we had a strategy to address that and that i think was because we were highly engaged with the industry in as many ways as possible and i think that hasn't changed a bit i think it's still really important and the successful organizations that we see out there they're really externally focused they're really engaged not just with us they are engaged with us but they engage across the piece we tend to see them at the events that we're all at and we become all industry friends, which is nice, but there's lots of information that's being shared in every different direction. And so those organisations, those individuals, you know, create a really refined view of the world, which is vitally important in our changing industry.
0: Yeah, of course, within all of that, um, you can see where the, 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 the people find those Nuggets of success, which they expand upon and those niches which they um sort of either diversify or or evolve to to to, to capture um new work so like most businesses you you can see it happening and it, yeah. evolving yeah, and
1: you see I mean, again, I think the RNC is made up of organizations of so so many different sort of size and shapes, but actually. We've got a lot of medium-sized organizations who are very fast on their feet yeah, they're often very short chains of command they react very quickly indeed and we saw that through the pandemic. I think that's a really great thing actually you see real entrepreneurialism in
0: action and that's fascinating it, it is yeah and it will bring me on to my next question about sort of getting young blood into the, 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 the and, and training but surprisingly across the wealth of organizations we deal with, it's not always the stereotypical youth that think about new solutions and the older generations who don't. Some of our, you know, um, I'm sure they wouldn't mind me saying elder statesmen that I deal with is in, that own some of the, the, the these well-known organisations. They're really down with the technology. They're really thinking about how to incorporate digital video into messaging and...
1: And I think you know. I think that's a really you know. I'm um, none of us are getting any younger, but I'm definitely not getting any younger. And I think that that's a really I think it's a really encouraging, optimistic thing, isn't it? And I think it's about mindset more than necessarily age. Yeah. We shouldn't be that age. You know, we shouldn't be ageist. I don't think we are ageist. Um, it, it's about mindset and it's about an intellectual curiosity, a wanting to learn, and a curiosity about the world. And you know. I think if one can keep that curiosity, it's a great way to be, isn't it? To want to learn about the world all the time. But anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm probably digressing. We were going to talk about skills and young people, I think.
0: No, no, the thing is, and I think the humility to always want to learn underpins it, which, um, which, you know, is certainly something we encourage. And I encourage running book club and things with, with Enrico. But um, we do hear about uh, the industry and customers struggling with skill shortages access to to talents especially with the with the premium put on e-commerce focused talent and programmers at the moment you know some some organizations having to work with skeleton staff through through, um, the pandemic and even now not being able to get enough people to do some of the jobs um, which you know i guess like you were talking about automation to gain efficiencies and you, you, but you guys are doing a huge amount of work and I know lobbying to attract future talent can you expand on this and, and maybe help some of you understand how to tap into that yeah I mean it's, it's a
1: huge it's a huge topic it's a complicated topic and as with any complicated topic there is never a simple answer but to put it in context um finding skills and finding people is a massive challenge. And I think it's a more acute challenge for all of industry, actually, not just our sector. I don't know whether it's good news or bad news, but I would definitely observe that every single sector has this challenge. So I don't think that we should worry about this being print and about the attractiveness of print. I think we should think this about this more, about being a challenge that industry has, and it's not been helped at all by the change in nature of our, trading relationship with Europe, actually, frankly. Um, However, that is what it is. And there are things that we can do a great deal more to help solve that. We, I think, as you know, very strongly believe that um, providing skills and training and skills pathways is a vitally important part of the mix there. So we have, and I will use the word fought, we have fought really hard to make sure that we've got apprenticeship training programs that take, that offer not just young people, but let's particularly think about young people, offer young people who are leaving school ways into our industry at whatever level. So level two apprenticeships, for example, fell out of favour with the government a while ago. That was, I want to say nuts, but I'll be polite, I've said it, but it was crazy actually. And the level two apprenticeships are real skilled apprenticeships in our industry. The government perception was that level two apprenticeships didn't seem to matter. And yet they are often a really core apprenticeship. Our industry has been really good about bringing people in, often at quite a young age, who haven't always been thriving in in an academic environment, because that's just not the right environment for them, and yet are brilliant practically. And they just needed to be on a different pathway. A level two apprenticeship can do that. Uh, Level three is the heartland apprenticeships. That's the, the sort of typical trade press uh, press operative apprenticeship. So we've, we've modernised and changed all those. We've got level two agreement from the government. Uh, it's going through another review now. We've got level three in place. We go through to then level five and level seven, which are the leadership and management and, and the higher level apprenticeships, so that we can say to anyone coming into our industry, you know, we can offer you really great training and development, whatever. If you're coming in as a graduate, come and do. And if you've done, I don't know, a geography degree or a history degree or a non-vocation degree, do the level five leadership and management training. Now, that's a really excellent senior management training program. And and the, the roots of that were, were particularly around providing a formal Business training to successful senior business people who just hadn't had that. They'd just sort of gone through a different route, and and it's then evolved on from there to to be you know, really applicable to, to young people coming. So apprenticeships is part of it. Um, we've uh, we've got the design for print that I've talked about. We're trying to find ways to continue to engage with schools all the time. We've got a program going on that. We uh, we engage with skills fairs all the time. So we we're kind of pulling every lever there is. Um, Apprenticeships as a program is is recovered strongly post-pandemic as well. So the good news about the apprenticeship training programs was that during the pandemic, that, that training delivery could go on. So we were completing apprentices on program and to schedule, but obviously organizations weren't recruiting, so numbers dropped. What we saw last year was that climb by another 60 or 70 And we're expecting that to climb up again this year to over 500 apprentices, which will take us back to probably a little bit ahead of where we were pre-pandemic. So, uh, probably well, there is a skill shortage that's been around forever. It's particularly acute at the moment. Training is a huge part of that. But all these other programmes that we're doing are important. And then there's the bigger picture of of the attractiveness of our industry as a whole, which we spend a lot of time talking about. And finally, also, uh, we are... Um, We're part, we're members of of an organisation called Intergraph, and Intergraph is the pan-European federation of print trade associations. It's a network of print trade associations, and um, Intergraph, uh, with us providing a pretty key supporting role, uh, have produced a publication called Print Your Future, and, and that's a sort of toolkit based on research of good practice and best practice across Europe, to attract and retain young people, actually, into the industry. Uh, so that is available, plug, on our website. Uh, anyone who got any problems uh, finding that, then just drop me a line and I can share that. But, but yeah, really interesting bit of work to uh, to help bring people in. So, yeah, quite a long answer, quite a complex problem. Lots of levers to pull. Yeah, uh, More we can do. We just have to keep at it and accept that it's a challenge, actually.
0: Yeah, I think um, we do speak a different language and so it's difficult for people from outside to come in, so we do tend to see people move around the industry, which is not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. Um, th- but um, I think we, we discussed the client success role we set up at RICO, which was more to do with Walking in and seeing if we were actually performing against the 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 the, um, the the return on investment we'd promised within any given solution or proposal, and then just to not just install the equipment or software and, and then you know check it was you know not breaking down and fixing it, um, sort of almost looking backwards at the month. We're looking more forward to to check it was performing a task or a job for the customer whether it was a commercial printer or a corporate, whether it was driving their business forward. So I think we decided to employ more generic skills into that role to then allow them to navigate RICO and learn as they go with the customer. So they're, they're actually being curious, they're being humble, and they're just trying to fix business problems. And over time, they then learn the skills yeah. of the print business.
1: I think that's... I think that's really important. I think that that sort of program is really important. I don't know, you know. Some we've you've you sort of talked to me before about the key things that you know our industry needs to think about, and, and actually, you know, I guess probably picking my brains a bit on what Rico wants to be thinking about, and uh, and certainly, I know part of my view has been that we are a big industry made up of quite a lot of small and medium sized players and some very big players, but we're also a very high technology, capital intensive industry, and so. Organisations are making big investment decisions regularly, and they they really want to work with trusted partners on that. And I know we talked specifically about that. And so, you know, I do remember saying actually. And I think you know, I know you all know this extremely well, but it's about it's about the journey, not the transaction, isn't it? It's about the relationship. It's about the business success is what we all want to see. We want to see that with our members. You want to see that with your clients, and helping people achieve that business success is ultimately, we all believe, in our long-term interest.
0: Absolutely. It really is. It really is. And I think when 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 all of our commercial printers, when we work with those corporates or, or agencies backwards on what they want to achieve for their customers, you know, print plays a really important part yeah. in that. Printed products play an important part. They do engage the end customers. They do drive brands forward. They do engage people print drives people online to do things that customers want and customers want them to do online. We need to frame it in a way and be able to deliver it in a way now that it's important, but um, it it really will protect us by collaborating as an industry to understand it and train the next generation to do it from their digitised perspective already. And I think what you were saying about how, how you've changed
1: the way that you engage with new entrants on this young people in you know within RICO. I think that we need to always be thinking about how we evolve our training and development programs, how we can help induct people into the industry. You know, we've definitely got a role to play that in that as a trade association. And we've got great training programs now, but they cannot be static. The skills and the needs of the industry are always changing. And we need to and we do think about that hard all the time, actually. And we yeah, you know, we really need the industry to engage with us. We need our members and the wider industry to engage with us to help us with that.
0: Well, I I think you're absolutely right. So, I mean, finally, um, what's next? What great advice are you gonna give those tuning in who are keen to take advantage of the opportunities that you're working hard with you, obviously the lobbying and, and the training? Yeah, you know, how how can we help? How can you help? What what advice would you give? Well, I think it's most more than anything. I guess it's it's a we, we've talked about the need for an open
1: mind, the need to get involved, the need to be clear about where you're going, but but to think and to learn. And so I actually think it, it's about engaging. You know, I obviously would say engage with us, but it's engaging widely. We are a membership organisation and we're only really as good as the extent to which our members help us in that process. So by engaging with us, people can input and help us do the right things to support the industry. We've got a pretty good idea, but we do like listening and we like hearing feedback um, because it's always valuable,
0: good or bad. Absolutely. Charles, we'll wrap up there. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Hopefully the people listening to the podcast enjoyed the the conversation, the style of discussion, and we've created some awareness of some of the programmes that you guys are running and they'll tap into those and learn something. Try something new. It's been a pleasure, Simon. Thank you very much for the invitation to
1: uh, join you today. Thanks, Charles. Rico.